Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Well, welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I'm your host, John Edwards, and here across the table from me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. Hey, man. So, you know, being a parent, (laughs) you know, it's one of those things where you... you, Sounds like there's going to be something coming behind that. (laughs) you know, and and it kind of touches the the topic of today, and I won't, you know, I'll let you talk about it, but it's like being a parent, you know, you, you, you want your child to be happy and to be confident and to, like... When when you go to places, they're they're they they kind of know how to how to interact with other people that they don't know. Sure, you know. And you know, I remember when I was a kid, I was shy, you know, stuff. And and you know, and Ella, I dropped her off at volleyball tryouts, and so you know, today it's, today today. Yeah. So um, you know, sweet girl, just really just kind of like just drawn in sometimes, you know. Uh-huh. But she, I said, do you recognize anyone that you know from your team last year? And she says, not yet. And I said, okay, well they'll they'll be here. But you know, it's like. A lot of those girls know each other from school or from sure. club last night. So it's kind of like I had to leave and just watch her kind of standing, you know, just popping ball up by herself going, please, God, let someone come in and, yeah. and like, pull her in and, and, like, you know, just. Yeah, include her, her, not reject her, her yeah. separate her, all that kind of right. stuff. Because yeah. you got to be careful. Like, apparently, you'll, you'll be going like, hey, you come here, stranger. Play with my dog. You know. Yeah, y'all so I was like, why are you like, talking to my kid, <laughs> weirdo? <It's> like, <laughs> I'm like, you know, I want her to do that herself, you know, without yeah. me, like, instigating situations to make her feel comfortable because then. Then you kind of like be the the dad or the parent that's like too much. Yeah, you know you gotta let them problem solve. So. Well, it's funny. I mean that bothers us because we've been in those situations. Oh yeah, right. And we remember what it's like to walk in and like no one's talking to you and you're standing there and right. I mean that's what I tell people all the time. Like they think I'm an extrovert, you know, and I am an extrovert, but like did I just feel comfortable everywhere I go because mm-hmm. you know speaking and all that stuff? I mean, there's so many places I walk in rooms and it's. It's double for me because I can't hide. I'm yeah, six foot eight, right. right? Like so, it's not like you could just disappear into the crowd, right? right? People could see you, and there's times where I feel really awkward in places, and you know, and you do. You've had those experiences as a child to be rejected, mm-hmm. and of course, you see your child, and, and and don't want that to happen to them. So, yeah, you're right. That's what we're going to talk about a little bit today: is rejection, how to handle rejection. It came to me after uh, reading the reading. Uh, I believe it was on Tuesday, October the third. Um, so we'll jump into that in here in just a minute. First, I want to remind everybody about our pilgrimage to Italy, the miracles of the Eucharist. We are going to, in 2024, and that's June 3rd through the 14th, we're going to head over to Italy with a remarkable spiritual director here in town, Father Joe Sachs. He lived over there for uh, 23 years, speaks fluent Italian, wonderful homilist. It's just going to be amazing to have him uh, on the trip. But we're going to go to Rome and Pompeii and uh, San Giovanni and Assisi and Isle of Capri, Laredo, Lanciano, all these places. We're going to visit sites of Eucharistic miracles. And it's kind of cool because we're going in the year of the National Eucharistic Revival. So if you're planning on going to that huge event, in Indianapolis next year in July, you could actually have gone to visit some of the sites of the Eucharistic miracles a month before you go to that. So you know, know what they're talking about. Yeah. 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 And see them. I mean, we actually were at Mass yesterday and we had a substitute priest because Father Gio was out of town mm-hmm. doing something for his order. And the guy did a homily on the Eucharist and he talked about the miracle in Lanciano, which is one of the places we're going to go and one of the ones we're going to see. So the trip's about half full right now um, in the first month of being open. So if you want to go with us, 
Uh, please go ahead and register. You can do that at justaguyinthepew.com, or you can go straight to Select International Travel and search my name in the Google in the search bar, I guess, and it'll come up, and you can look at the at the brochure for the thing, see where we're going, and get registered right there online. It's going to be an amazing trip. Uh, Angela is going to be joining me. It's going to be awesome. She will have just graduated graduate school and. Uh, it's actually our 17th wedding anniversary while we're there. So it's going to be an awesome time. We hope that you'll join us. Like I said, it's halfway full. Uh, we've got about, I don't know, I guess about 16 spots left, something like that. So if you want to join us, please do sign up so you're guaranteed a spot. Again, you can do that by going to select international travel. It's There's nothing like going on pilgrimage. It's, it's awesome. We went to, Italy, or to the Holy Land last year, and I can't wait to go and, and see the Vatican and Rome and just all these amazing places I've always looked at from afar. So you can, again, sign up by going to our website or select international travel. Uh, the other thing I want to mention is just thank you to those who have become part monthly partners in the pew. Uh, we've been talking a lot lately on here about the moves we're having to make. We're so blessed to have so many parishes asking for our work and for us to join um, to to go into to join them in ministry to men and building ministry to men in their parish. So we've got the waitlist has grown. We have archdiocese and a couple of dioceses that are asking for our help. So it's it's more Victor than you know you know I've talked about this than than I can handle on my mm-hmm. own. So we've actually brought on an event coordinator and a executive admin. That's the same person Maggie who's been awesome, and then Billy Bernard, a friend of mine here locally that is now our our director of development. He's out there trying to help us raise money because we want to bring on missionaries and trainers and all this stuff. But it takes support and it takes money. We can't support it by just the events that I do every month. So if you'd like to continue to help us in the call that. God has put on this ministry to go and to reach more men and to help them, please consider becoming a monthly partner in the pew. You can do that by going to justagayinthepew.com, and in the top right corner, there's a button there for support. You can click that and uh, become a monthly donor online, or the information is there if you want to send a check or whatever you want to do. We love you know one-time givers. We love uh, you know, large benefactors and all those things. But having that monthly support come in each and every month helps us really put together a budget and see what we can hire and what we can do. It's just like any other business. So if you've ever been touched by the podcast or moved by it, helped by it, or by one of the conferences we've been a part of, or you've been a part of a parish mission and are now part of one of the groups we've started, please consider giving to us because it's going to help us go out and help other people like we were able to help you. So Thank you for listening to all that, folks. It's important to get out at the beginning of the show. But, Victor, like you said, we're going to talk about rejection today. And I just want to dive into that and take as much time as we can to talk about it because I know a lot of people have to face it. Well, it's a life. fun conversation to have. Yeah, yeah. Right? Who doesn't like yeah, to talk right. about rejection? Let's and do it. Let's open up dig all up those, those old child memories. Let's open up those wounds, yeah. <laughs> or memories from yesterday or right. whatever it might have been. But, right. yeah, it kind of started because I was reading, uh, you know, go to Daily Mass, and I was reading um, – the the reading is right before mass, mm-hmm. as I like to do after I drop the kids off because I go to eight fifteen after I drop them off to school, and that day was on a very famous reading where you know John and James they're all they're all traveling to Jerusalem with Jesus and they're going through a Samaritan town and they want to stop and rest and they get rejected by the people and James and John famously start, want to call down thunder on them mm-hmm. and that's why Jesus in another part of the, the Gospels I think in Mark. Uh, he refers to them as the sons of thunder, right. you know. And I think you know people say it's kind of tongue in cheek. And if you've ever seen the chosen episode where they portray this, Jesus starts to call them that, you know, basically mimicking them after this incident mm-hmm. happens. Not mimicking them, but mocking them, picking at them, if you will. But the reading actually I'm talking about is from Luke nine fifty one through fifty six, and I'll read it because it's short, real quick, just to give context to what we're going to context to what we're going to talk about today. But it says, when the days for Jesus to be taken up were fulfilled. 
He resolutely determined to journey to Jerusalem, and he sent messengers ahead of him. On the way, they entered a Samaritan village to prepare for his reception there, but they would not welcome him because the destination of his journey was Jerusalem. When the disciples James and John saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to consume them? I just laugh or to read that. Jesus turned and rebuked them, and they journeyed to another village. Right? So, obviously, Jesus didn't let it bother him. And I'm mm. sure he was focused on what was set before him, right? right? The path before him and everything he was going to go on. But James and John are really angry, right? They're coming in there and, and they're headed to Jerusalem. They're probably nervous, mm-hmm. right? Because they've been to Jerusalem, you know, and in, in areas like that. And they know that Jesus' fame and is, is risen to a level where. The Pharisees are trying to kill them and him and everybody, and now they're marching right into into the lion's den. And uh, while they're excited and thinking, okay, Jesus is going to now become this Messiah of old, of, of the right. prophecy, and he's going to start like waging war or whatever, they had it just in the wrong place in their mind. So obviously they were agitated and nervous about a lot of things, and they go into this town and just want to take care of Jesus, and, and people say no, they reject him. And, you know, this is just – it made me think about – how many times in my life I've been rejected, and mm-hmm. and really it just hit me. You know, this is one of those readings you read a million times. You know, you you hear it every year, and and then you, we're just familiar with it, right? With the story, and this time for whatever reason, it just really set in about the two different reactions. It doesn't say much about Jesus there. I mean, it might in some further verses, but um, Jesus just kind of goes, "No, let's just let's go, let's go ahead." But James and John get just consumed with rage. I mean, think about that. It's not like. Can we go tell them off? Like, mm-hmm. they want to call down fire to consume right, right. them. Like, they want to wipe them off the planet. And isn't that so true about, isn't, like, how we feel when we're rejected? And isn't that often the way we react when we're rejected? Sure, yeah. It, when, is wanting retribution and vengeance and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, when you feel offended and, and and the person doesn't seem to care. Yeah. Or the other party. Um, and it's one of those things where you kind of, like, surely you understand what you did to me was wrong or or maybe I'm, you know, so we were very good at like um, adding to the situation oh, yeah. and and justifying how angry we should be when part of the story is that we probably were maybe that way to them one time. We were totally oblivious and they're just kind of giving us back the medicine we gave them. So, sure. um, but, but what you, you're talking about, you know, the Sons of Thunder is kind of funny because they were defending Jesus, yeah. you know, like. Do you, do you want us to do this right? You know, and, and like they're waiting for him to say, "Yeah, go ahead." You know, yeah. but but he said, "No, that's not that's not what I do." You know, I, yeah. I love everyone that rejects me, um, as well as those that love me. You know, so I, th- I think that's a an amazing storyline right there, where, where a lot of us see kind of like the frustration, but also in Christ's love for everybody. Even those that like reject him. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's it, like like we've talked about so often. I mean, we can quickly read through the Magnificat and go, okay, yeah. this is that gospel day, and not really pay attention to it, and lose the life lessons that Christ is trying to show us through the Living mm-hmm. Word, right through the Gospels. And and I mean, with that one, it just really hit me. I mean, f- first of all, it's funny. It's like, could they even call down thunder? Like, right, yeah, because like, the- in, in previous Gospels, they're like. Can we even heal the sick? Like they're right. freaking out over trying to heal somebody or feed somebody, yeah. and now all of a sudden they're acting like they have just like a thunderbolt in their hand yeah, at any given right. moment to chunk at somebody, and and uh, so that's kind of funny in and of itself. But but yeah, I mean we've all been there, we've all felt the pain of rejection, mm-hmm. and and the thing is, it's 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 a part of life. Either if you haven't, you consider yourself lucky, but you will at some point in your life. You know, it's it's one of the most painful parts of life. Like I, I remember several times. Um, 
you know, growing up being rejected, either by a girl or, you know, by someone in, in family or people or friends that you wanted to, mm-hmm. groups you wanted to be friends with, you know, and people are just like, nope, sorry, man, we don't have enough in this right. this thing. I mean, even you even see it in face circles, right? I, I've talked about sometimes some of the groups around town, whether it's Garcia or other things, and, you know, sometimes you try to, you see somebody in a group, like, no, we've already got, you know, we've been meeting for years, and we don't want anybody else. And even though, like, maybe they have a point, they've got a good flow going, mm-hmm. it still feels like, well, man, I'm not wanted, I'm not loved, uh, what's wrong with me, those mm-hmm. kind of things. And and but I mean, there's other things. I mean, trying out for teams. There were teams I tried out for and I didn't make, and and I was very angry. And I was like, well, you know, I don't want to say a bad word on him. It's like screw you, you know. Right, it's, yeah. It's it's like the heck with you, man. I mean, because you're hurt by that. There's no way not to be hurt by rejection. But it could be jobs. It could be a, sure. a promotion, a company, something you thought you know you were in line for and didn't get, and you feel rejected and not good enough and all that stuff. And then, like I said, even because of your faith. Right, I mean, you, when you try to talk to somebody about Jesus and they're just having none of it, and like get out of here, I don't want to hear that. You're weird. I don't want mm-hmm. all that stuff. You can feel very rejected, and and the first place we go a lot is is to the vengeance and to the I want to, they made me feel horrible. I want to make them feel horrible. Right. You know, it's it's almost like with James and John. You know, were joking a second ago about the thunderbolt and all that stuff. How many times you'd be like, you want me to go beat that guy up? Mm-hmm. And like seriously, like you're thinking in the back of your mind, I hope they don't say yes. Like you know, if right. somebody else you know has been hurt, it's like you you have this just rage and you want to do something. And and a lot of times, man, people who don't have it in check wind up doing something mm-hmm. terrible and wind up doing something they regret the rest of their life. And that's why it's important to try to figure out how we need to handle rejection because, like I said, the first reaction most of us have is this visceral just get right. even, right, and and make them feel the way I do. And that, as Jesus shows us here, that's not the right way to handle it. Well, and also, you know, speaking about rejection, I mean, there's there's people that have left the church because of, of people in the church yeah. being mean to them or, or you know, just, just kind of like, being off off putting in some form or whatever, or yeah. even the worst case scenario where they were uh, sexually abused, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, let's not step around it. But we know every every church has its things, and every denomination has its people that have done that to yeah. other people. Um, so unfortunately, you know, bad characters in the church often tend to push people away. Yeah. You know, either they're by poor things they, they you know, criminal things they've done or by acting self righteous, you know. And I think for for a lot of us we have to realize that none of us are justified in any of our actions. It's just if if we work in love and we, we act in love and and we, we do the best we can to check ourselves, our own selfish desires and prevent ourselves from Cast, casting what we think should, should people should be behaving like. Yeah, you know, it's okay to help a brother who or sister that needs help, and they come to you, you know, and and you help them get to where they need to get to. But you know, we have to be very careful that our self righteousness doesn't become a stumbling block to others as well. Yeah, well, and you become if you're not careful, you become judge, jury, and edu- executioner, right? right? Yeah. Like you start taking up that seat of judgment and that throne of of judgment that doesn't belong to us, right? Mm-hmm. It belongs to Jesus. And that's the that's sort of the double hit of rejection is like one, if you don't handle it right, you're gonna wind up with with deep wounds. Yeah. And every time you reject it, it's gonna be like somebody just dumped more weight on you because mm-hmm. you never got over the other rejection. You know, and I, I mean how many times, Victor, have we because I know I'm guilty of it. I, I can think of several times where somebody did something to me and I went back and did something to them that was even worse and over the top in some cases. And it didn't make me feel better. Mm-hmm. It made me feel worse. 
right? It's like, okay, I thought that was gonna that was gonna appease that pain, and it didn't. Right. It made it worse because now I feel like, oh my gosh, I've really hurt somebody, or I've uh, I've said something I can't take back, or done something that will mm-hmm. never be undone. And there's never any. You're never gonna find what you're looking for. That, that something's gonna fill that that hurt and that pain, and and those deep wounds. I mean, I know some of the deepest wounds that of my own and of other people I've I've talked to. They come from. Uh, rejection. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it hurts when somebody chooses not to love you well. It hurts yeah. when when somebody um, when when somebody we love or somebody we desire to be friends with doesn't want us. Right? That hurts, and or when we're not received. Right? Like you're talking about mm-hmm. in the church or something else. It's no, I want to be a part of this, and like we don't care. We don't yeah. want you. That hurts. Yeah. And that 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 hits on the on the wound of abandonment and that a lot of us feel from maybe families, you know, where we've been left by people or things like that in other parts of our life. And and really it goes back to a root wound from the garden too, mm-hmm. because if we don't understand what really happened there, then we can also feel like we've been abandoned abandoned by God, which isn't the case. Right. And all that rejection plays on that. And that's why we're always talking about we have to be secure in our identity and understand who God is and who we are and you know the the removal of the garden was actually an act of act of mercy, not yeah. a punishment, and all those things. And so that's why we have to be getting it right in our life by talking about that. But I mean, the bottom line is, Victor, rejection either makes or breaks you, right? I mean, one way or another, it's up to you to decide which one. But mm-hmm. you know, if you if your life depends on the affirmation of others, then it can be easily destroyed by the rejection of others, right? Right, and that's the thing that I think we're talking about here is. Jesus in that in that scene in the in the gospel, he didn't let any of that bother him. He just kept going. Like the only thing he did was rebuke James and John for their, the way they were behaving. Like, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? Call down thunder and lightning and like, or not thunder and lightning, but whatever he said, the fire of heaven, you know. And and, and Jesus was like, are you kidding me? Like, let's just go. Like, right. chill out, man. <laughs> like, you know. And he's trying to teach them something there, but but Jesus was not worried about the affirmation of others. I mean, he spent his entire three years being rejected by a lot of people and where people wanted him to to be, you know, to do something to them and to show an act of retribution, he never did. Right. You know, he just he let them throw stones at him. He let them chase him out of town. He he willingly went other places, you know. And yeah, sometimes he got angry and said like it would be better for Sodom and Gomorrah than than this for this town than, you know, then Sodom and Gomorrah and all those things, he would say things like that, but he never acted out of that anger and tried to you know get retribution to anybody. Right. He just he he just forgave and, and gave his mercy and love, and that's what you know the other side of the matter that we have to do. It's it's not about the rejection itself; it's about how we handle it that matters. Right, and Christ loved so perfectly. I mean, in, in the gospel, as you can see, even allowing himself to be sacrificed, you know, yeah. up on the cross. Uh, crucified and and for all of us you know if we love rightly or correctly yeah. there's no room for abandonment issues or abandonment feeling in those relationships we have uh, you know as people know listening from past you know I've, I've worked in the mental health sector for a long time you mm-hmm. know working with adults and children and they're what causes a lot of children and then eventually that child becomes an adult if not dealt with but abandonment issues from a parent mm-hmm. you know a bio father not being there, bio mother not being loving, uh, bio parents dying or whatever, you know, moving away. It's amazing how much a parent can affect the behavior of a child in the delicate sense of who they are and growing. And a lot of us are adults now who have this layered trauma 
that yeah. has been identified. We talked about wounds already, yeah. um, and and we we try to cover it up, like you, we said before, by drinking or alcohol or living riskily or or doing other things other than going to the one thing we know that works going to work is yeah. being totally open and vulnerable to God and to sure. and to ask for change and um and to and to feel God's love, Christ's yeah. love, because there is no rejection in Christ. Yeah, but see, that's the thing. The, the devil tries to convince us that there mm-hmm. is. And that's why a lot of people, if they have been abandoned by other people, they, they're afraid that God's going to do the same thing too. He's going to abandon me. He's going to mm-hmm. reject me. He's not going to love me. He's not going to want me. And that's why we always have to be preaching the truth to ourselves all the time. And that's why we have to love others well, because it's through us that they see God, right? It's through us, just like your children. When your children's identity or how they're going to see God is really based on how they see you. Right. And, and we have to live that way. And so every decision we make matters. And that's what I think Jesus was trying to show James and John was like, look, you can't let the decisions of other people and the way people behave control what you're going to do and who you're going to be and what kind of person you're going to be. And rejection is one of those things that can really, because it'll hit on your anger and yeah. all that stuff. And it's that's really the two ways. Either you handle it with anger, hate, resentment, and, and revenge, or you handle it the way Jesus did, which we'll talk about in a minute. But that's the danger here is, man, you know how easy it is to fly off the handle. Man, there's sometimes, like, I think anger sometimes is the closest to feeling possessed mm-hmm. that I've ever felt in my life. Because sometimes, like, something will just hit me, and I'm mad, man. Like, I'm mad as heck. And I just, some of the things where my thoughts go, I'm like, what, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Like, you know, the person turned out in front of you. Like, what do you, th- why, what did oh, you yeah. just think? I think, I you think you want to dismember them. Like, yeah. you know, it's like, that's 96% like, of us right now. Think yeah. about people who, who obviously don't drive correctly. Yet, yeah. Right? I mean, it's that or, or being rejected by somebody yeah. or a, a girl, you know, that maybe you just had all these dreams about and, and she had no idea or anything. And then you go up thinking things are going to work out your way. And she's like, no, thank you. I don't like you. And then you're just like, your mind goes somewhere completely else, right? About, hate and anger and vengeance right. and all those things and and that's that's the danger in all of it and that's what Jesus is warning those guys of and so if you look at like how did Jesus handle it well in that situation you know he walked away and he didn't let it t- steal his peace he didn't let it um, steal anything from him or take anything from him he just kept focused on okay look they don't want us let's go somewhere else mm-hmm. and yeah it's easier said than done but that's why it's hard to be a Christian and that's why there's such a great reward when you're willing to do those hard things. It's because after a while you get to the point where you don't care what people think about you. You know, I mean, there's always going to be that, man, I wish that had worked out differently. But I mean, the the closer you get to Christ, the more freedom you feel to be yourself. And if other people here on earth don't want to accept who that is or reject who that is, it doesn't hurt as much anymore because you understand the one person you do want to accept you is Jesus. Mm -hmm. And if you understand that he's going to, if you're living the way that you're called to live, then then all these other worldly cares and things go away. I mean, sure, we want everybody to like us. But at the end of the day, that's not a feasible thing. Like the percentages of that are never going to be 100%. There's always going to be someone who doesn't like you out of jealousy, out of... Um, something else that, you know, something they thought you've done, whatever it is. And you can't control that. But what you can control is how you receive them and how you receive other people. And that's what Jesus shows us, not only in that moment, but when he's on the cross, mm-hmm. right? And Jesus tells us, I mean, he's 
There's nobody, in my opinion, that understands the pain of rejection more than Jesus. Like, there's no one in history that's had a right to be angry and call down fire from heaven than Jesus himself. Not only in that instance, but every other instant in the gospel that we see where people are attacking him and, and judging him and calling him names and calling him the devil. Like, so the Pharisees were calling him Belizebub and right. all this stuff. And, and he's literally the son of God. And he doesn't ever in any of those moments do that, even at the worst moment, when he's nailed and hanging there suffocating on the cross, and people are mocking him, right? Come down from there. If you're really this Messiah, save yourself. And they're screaming and yelling at him in that agony and in that pain. And what does he say? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Always with Jesus, it was love, it was mercy, it was forgiveness. And he had more of a right than any of us will ever have in our right. life to hold a grudge, to to be angry, to want vengeance, to to want anger, right? I mean, to to to, to want to expound on our anger and to to move on our anger. Jesus had that ten billion percent right. more than we ever will. And what did he do in that moment? In one of his last breaths, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. You want to know how to handle rejection in your life? You do what Jesus did, mm-hmm. and you love through it, even though it hurts. I mean. Jesus had, I mean, he was fully God and fully man. I'm sure he felt some of what we would have felt being rejected. But he he never let it get the better of him. And he constantly loved through it. And that's the lesson for today. And that's the lesson that we're to pass on to people around us and our children and our wives is how do we handle those things? Because we can't control how anybody else does. But we certainly can control how we do. And there's other people, as we know, watching us all the time. You know, and if we're handling this the wrong way, then we're going to continue to lead people away from Jesus instead of towards Jesus, which is what we're supposed to be doing. Well, you talked about, like, you know, for the family, you know, it starts in the home. It starts in the marriage. And, and the kids are very observant, you know. And and if the communication is stable, love is seen and love is shown, I mean, you're, you're giving your children the best gift. Yeah. Because of stability, but also knowing what love is and what it looks like, so that when they go, you know, their prospective ways or wherever, you know, and the, as they grow up, they know what a relationship should be like. They know kind of like what that looks like. You know, um, the worst thing I would hate for both my daughters is to be in a relationship where they are not loved, right? Yeah. You know, uh, and and you know, when you know, for those of us who are listening right now i mean like i said sometimes there are times where we're upset with each other and but but come back together in, in love and forgiveness and 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 discuss what what the misunderstanding was or yeah. for me I, if i know what i've done i go immediately to christine i go hey i shouldn't have said that or, or you know, i don't wait sure. for her to like you know give me the the side eye you know yeah. like, dang i don't know why I'd, hey sweet i I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't have acted that way. I I I see. You know, I needed you know this to help you out. She's like, sure. <laughs> and so I diffuse it. You know. Yeah. And and but that's what love is all about is re- checking myself as well. Yeah. Like my behavior is is paramount to making this marriage successful. Right. And this relationship successful as well as with my my faith with with Christ and with God is that you know I have to observe my conscience of of my actions every day. Am I doing God's will? Or as we talked about before, am I doing my will? Yeah, something I ask myself all the time in, in, in difficult situations and choices are, is this the way Jesus would behave or choose, right. or is this the way I would? Right? WWJD. Yeah, it that's really right. is. Yeah. I mean, that that's, you know, sold millions of bracelets and all that stuff for years. Baby. Yeah, that's right. But it really is the truth. It's like, okay, well, yeah. in this moment, 
if we look at our life like that, every decision that comes before us, and 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 I know people are like, yeah, like you could do that, but as often as you can remember, like how would Jesus receive this, and how would He act? Mm-hmm. Because if He could do it, then He lives in me, and He can help me do it, right? And that's the thing we focus so much on on bad things and sins and and crossroads, and we always look at the negative side of it, right? And we're looking at it, it just focusing on that instead of looking at it as okay, this is another opportunity. For to flip the script, mm-hmm. right? Like I don't have to look at it in this negative light. I can go, you know what? This is an opportunity for me to choose virtue. Like, yes, everything in my soul is screaming for revenge. Mm-hmm. Everything in my in my body wants anger. You know, I, for what that person said to me, I want to hit them, right? Or whatever it is. We've all been there. Mm-hmm. But it's in that moment to to win those battles and go. No, I'm going to have self control. And you know what? As bad as I want to tell them off. It's not going to do any good. It's going to hurt them. It's going to hurt me. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to swallow my pride in the moment. I'm going to shove all this down for a minute. I'm going to take a breath, and I'm going to forgive. And I'm going to say, you know what? I don't have to love that person. I do have to love them. <laughs> yeah. I don't have to like that person, that right? Moment, yeah. I don't have to be their best friend. Right. But I do have to love them because I've commanded to by Jesus. So sorry for getting that wrong for a second there. <laughs> I do have to love them. Right. And... And in, in, in that in that moment of knowing I have to love them, I'm going to practice that by giving forgiveness. Mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm going to do what I can because honestly, what you're doing is you're you're releasing them from having power over sure, you. Sure, yeah. You know, because that's the thing when we're rejected and we handle it the other way. There's always when we think of that person, we're going to seethe, right? When we think of that instance, we're going to get that sick stomach in our feeling, and and to go through life having memories like that is no good for anybody, especially you and. And it's an opportunity to understand what Jesus meant, mm-hmm. like when he, in John fifteen eighteen, when he said, "If the world hates you, realize it hated me first. Yeah. Like you know what, John James, I know you feel rejected right now, but come watch this, right? right? Like, and why have you not been watching what's happened the entire time we've been walking together? I've been rejected time and time again, and I've never behaved like that, right? So you shouldn't either. Mm-hmm. So it's an opportunity to flip the script and to start saying, okay. Don't look at this as what I'm going to lose or what I'm going to, the humiliation I'm going to face or or the pain I might have felt. Put that to the side and go, this is an opportunity to live like Jesus. This is an opportunity to be virtuous. This is an opportunity to better myself. Because guess what? Like everything we do for the first time is hard and we're worried about it. You know, Angela was talking about stuff she has to do for school this morning. And she's like, I've never had to do this before. And she was really flustered. I'm like, yeah, but think about how you're going to feel after you've done it. Mm-hmm. And how many times do we go through life and we worry about things we've never done and the anxiety? And we do and we look back and we're like, you know, that was difficult. But in the end, I figured it out and now I know how to do that. It's the same thing in our spiritual life. Is like, I don't have to keep falling to that. Mm-hmm. I figured out how to deal with rejection. And even though it stinks and it doesn't get easier, you know, I do make a better choice every time as I gradually continue to make the right choices. And so that's what that's the Christian life. That's the whole thing about the Christian life is how do I continue to make the right choice in my life? The one that is godly, the one that is virtuous, the one that leads to holiness, the one that leads me closer to Jesus. And and realize that the devil is 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 the one getting you trying to pull you the other way, but you have a choice in the matter, right? And the devil is a being, but he is not God. He cannot control you. Mm-hmm. Right? He can just lead you and try to get you astray, but you have a choice in that moment. And you can look at that and go, do I want to live in the in the light of the evil one? Because the devil's the one pulling me to punch that person or give a per- that person a piece of my mind or do something in retribution or call down fire. But it's Jesus that's saying, no, love. Love. And if you think you can't do it, then look at me. Because mm-hmm. you, have, you will never, ever in your life face the amount of rejection that I have. 
And that's why we have to truly know Jesus, why we have to walk with him and understand not only the, the stories of the gospel, but what he did and what he felt and how he behaved through all of it, because that's the roadmap to living like him and getting to heaven. So, you know, at the end of it all, we have to forgive. We have to keep our peace. I mean, we see it in other parts of the gospel where Jesus says, look, if you go into that town and the town receives you, stay there and do your work. If you go into that town and they reject you, then shake the dust of your sandals and move on, right? Don't let it rob you of something. And for far too often, many of us in our lives, the way we've handled rejection is we've allowed it to rob us of something, of our peace, of our of our joy, of opportunities to grow in holiness. It's it's like being on this, walking up a hundred flight, you know, hundred flights of stairs, and you got three stairs left, and then somebody comes and does something to you, and you act the wrong way, and you're back down two more flights of stairs. Right? We don't want to move backwards; we want to move forwards. And the only way we can do that is to continue to look at Jesus and what He's called us to do in our life. So, folks, look. If you're out there, and, and we all have, right? We face the pain of rejection. If you haven't today, maybe you will next week. You will at some point in your life, I guarantee you. It sucks. It hurts. Nobody likes being you know, made to feel like they're unwanted or unloved. But just remember in all of that, Jesus felt like that too. And he was able to come out of that resurrected and to bring new life to others. And you can do the same thing when you choose the way that Jesus chose, love, mercy, and forgiveness through all things. So Victor, let's take it to prayer and ask that all of us in those tough moments of rejection and those deep wounds can find healing and look to Jesus to help us get through that rejection the way that that he did. So in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, Rejection is a painful part of life. At one time or another, we will all have to face it. Help us not to fixate on the rejection, but to look at it as a means to grow in virtue. And Father, whenever we feel anger and insecurity setting in during a moment of rejection, remind us that we are not alone and that we too can turn it into an opportunity to love and forgive just like your Son did. In the name of the the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.